We now bring you Enter the Freud. Warning, this is for entertainment purposes only. It is no way medical advice. All right, dude, so I just got, I'm just i going to tell a long story. Feel free to interrupt and ask questions or make comments or whatever. Um, okay, so you know, actually, you've even mentioned one time when we were talking about you being in India and being super sick and how you get kind of delirious. But there's this phenomenon that you never hear people talk about. I don't know why no one ever talks about this because it's super fascinating where kids, and adults too, but especially kids, when they get a fever, fever, they get... People use this word delirious. Yeah. And they get, you know, loopy. They get kind of psychotic, really. They go into this altered state of consciousness that's, I think, fascinating, but no one ever talks about it. Yeah. Um, and then I've, because I've been so interested in it because of my own experiences, I've, I've asked a lot of people about it, and it varies a lot. Some people don't really get it at all, and some people get it super intensely. And I, as a kid growing up, would get it super fucking intensely. Um, so much so that I was like, I just had a, a chronic fear of getting sick because if I got sick, I was worried that I'd get delirious. And it was like a super intense, dark, like wildly altered psychotic state that I would go into. And this what happened would, to me many, but what would you many times throughout what, my childhood. What is dark and what is that? What are you saying? What would you, well, do you recall anything particular? Yeah, I mean, I kind of have a fairly good memory of it because it happened so many times and it was very memorable in an unpleasant way. But it's like psychotic, well, I guess I don't, I can't say psychotic, but it's like psychedelic states where it's really hard to describe in 3D language, you know? Because oh, yeah. it like, it like transcends words and language and space. So I'll try to describe it, but it's not that easy. It's like, so it's an altered state, a very altered state, and I would lose sense of me or the world or anything and I would go into like kind of like weird surreal spatial things like I sort of felt a lot of like infiniteness and hugeness and smallness and like a, a like a terrifying collision be, be between infinite largeness and infinite smallness that, yes that is definitely schizophrenia <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then I remember one time when I was getting a little older, um, I, it, and I, the older I got, the worse it got uh, up until around like middle school was the, the climax of it. And, um, I, I got really, it was really bad and I had some really intense, it got more into like good and evil and super intense good and evil. And w if I was good versus if I was evil and if I was like killing the souls of other people or some shit you know it just doesn't make any sense uh, and then i'd like i'd like wake up in the middle of the night with a fever and i'd be like totally delirious and deep in this twisted scary world i'd wake up and i wouldn't know who i was or where i was and i'd like climb out of bed and i'd start kind of like roaming around the house in some sort of confused stumbling days you mean this just this trying would, to it would happen in your waking consciousness you, well yeah yeah I, but what I would I, I would wake up and be in feverish but I would be awake but I would be psychotic yeah 
and then it would t I would wake up and then it would take it seemed like it took forever to me but I think it just would take 10 minutes maybe for it to slowly fade away and um, what I came to do I don't know if this helped it probably did but what I decided was that if I ran cold water over my head that that would help speed up the recovery so I'd always like be stumbling panicking heading for the bathroom or the kitchen to try to like pour water over my head but that kind of freaked my parents out even more because I it just seemed like such psychotic behavior <laughs> actually the cold, cold water <clears throat> on the face it it does something very unique to your your vagal nerves that that yeah yeah it does actually trigger a calming response yeah what, so that probably was helpful actually you, you instinctively did that but so yeah. what you are you saying that you would be asleep in this feverish state and almost as if you would bring from the sleep the yeah yeah, the, yeah. The that's world kind of what that, that's, that's kind of what it seemed like yeah well um <clears throat> well hold on so i obviously have had some very very weird um altered states related to super high fevers and i remember one particular one where the entire universe began to peel up as if it were like a wave of but then started to like crumple like paper uh, as i was wow. running away from the entire universe collapsing wow. onto me wow which wow. I, I just wanted to add to that to that it's like infinite but then you're you're yeah. finite in this collision so yeah, it sounds like there's some similar spaces that maybe kids in feverish states go into some similar spaces. Um, but anyway, but, uh, slightly digressing, it seems like a fascinating, and I don't know, I don't know if it's important, but it seems like a fascinating, maybe important world to try to understand. But I never hear anyone talking about this. I don't know why. Okay, so anyways, um, after this really intense one when I was about 12. Like a few days later, my mom was like, hey, Dave, like um, when you were delirious the other night, you like shouted out, I love you. Like, who who were you talking to? <laughs> <laughs> and she just was curious about my psychotic ramblings. And then that kind of spurred a memory of mine. And it was like, I felt like I had like killed people not killed them, but like their souls or something. And I felt so guilty. And so I was like telling them I loved them and I'm like sorry for like killing their souls. <laughs> <laughs> that is amazing. Yeah, okay, yeah. So, so it's true. I have never heard anyone professionally talk about this clinically in any way, ever. No, I've never heard anyone talk about this in any regards whatsoever, which is weird. Uh, okay, so, but the story gets more interesting with each passing chapter. Um, so I, you know, my whole childhood, I was always like haunted by this dark space that I felt I could slip into at any moment. And it was really terrifying. And I was more scared of that than I, I would have been, you know, like if I was walking down a dark alley and someone comes out with a gun, that'd be scary, but not as scary as this because there's something about the altered state thing that's just profoundly fucking disturbing. Well, do you know um, what it is? Can you put your finger on it right now? Like, what's the difference between the, the, the person in front of you with a gun that is identifiable as look at how dangerous that is. 
I will die from bullet if, but then what's the difference between this thing? It's, I think it's some like, it's like a pan, because I think in these states, I also, besides the psychoticness that I'm in, I also go into a panic attack. Mm. And I think a panic attack has this way of amping up an intensity of shit. And it's like your ego, your, your fragile ego consciousness goes into like super intense, fearful panic because it feels like it's just being like torn apart and going to be obliterated. So it's like some super intense panic in the face of obliteration or something. Whereas there's something about being in a dark alley with a guy with a gun. I don't know. It's like, yeah, you might get shot, you might die, but compared to this, it's like so big fucking deal. I don't know. It's so, it seems so weird. Yeah, that, that is really weird. Okay. <clears throat> All right. So um, next chapter in the story. Um, when I went to college, I was 18, maybe I was 17 actually, read it, and I read this book that's kind of a cool book called The Way of the Peaceful Warrior. Did you ever hear about that book? Oh, absolutely. It's kind of a cool book for young, like young adults or teenagers to read to like opens them up into this world of like mindfulness and spirituality and whatever. And I was like, oh, cool. And then that got me to read, start reading some more like um, mindfulness, Eastern spirituality stuff. And I was like, okay, cool. I'm gonna start meditating. So I started meditating and trying different techniques and whatever. And then I remember one day I'm meditating. What, what techniques? Sorry, dude. I'm, I need to shut I think, up. I, I think the main technique... I think the main tech, just, basic, just the two kind of most common ones. One is just return to the present moment and return to the present moment through focusing on your breath. Okay. Okay. So primarily, basic, I think basic, what I was doing. It, basic Vipassana stuff. Okay. Yep. Sorry. So I, I was doing that and I did it a few times. It was kind of cool. I was into it. I kind of thought, oh yeah, way of the peaceful warrior. I'm going to like get enlightened or whatever, you know? And um, at one, one particular day, I'm in it and this altered state of consciousness starts like bubbling up and I'm like, ah! and I fucking freaked out and I got up and like ran off and like went and hung out with my friends. And then, but then the next day I'm like, whoa, that was fucking crazy. What was with that? I'm going to go try it again. And maybe the next day it didn't come back, but then occasionally it would come back and I, it was terrifying, but unlike my sickness delirium, this was like, it slowly started to come up. So I thought I sort of had control over it because it wouldn't just like suck me in. You know, it was more like it could, it would start to slowly come up. And then if I got up and walked away, it would go away. So it wasn't as bad, but so I would, I would try to like, like almost like exposure therapy. I try to like expose myself to it and see how much I could tolerate. But after, when it would get to a certain level, and not a very high level, I could never get past a certain level of fucking intense psychotic terror. And a fair, it was a fairly low level that I couldn't get past. Wow. And, and if I time it in terms of seconds, like I probably could never even last 60 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I tried this many times. And yeah, so... Um, and, and then it sort of happened that one in five or one in eight times when I would meditate, this would happen. And yeah. I kind of sort of learned how to shake myself out of it without like getting up. But I'd have to like 
go back into a more familiar ego consciousness state just to kind of be like, oh, I'll like think about what I'm gonna have for lunch today or think about, you know, that cute chick that I'm trying to talk to or whatever to help me like not get sucked into this. Um, then in my early 20s, um, this shit started happening to me just like randomly when I wasn't sick at all. Oh. And, but it, it was always around going to sleep. It was either like as I was starting to go to sleep or the worst would be I would fall asleep and then wake up like 10 minutes later and I'd be in it. And it, it, it was more disturbing because I wasn't sick. Yeah. And I just start, it's, you, you just start to worry that like you're going insane or there's something that you don't have control over, you know? Yeah, yeah. It was really, that, that, that was really. Uh, Did you have any sleep paralysis or hypnagogic hallucinations? Is that what you're talking about? Well, no sleep paralysis. I just would wake up and be in this fucking state. Or occasionally, as I started to go to sleep, I could feel this fucking state come over me. And then I'd have to, like, that was kind of like the meditation. I'd, like, jump up and I could get out of it. But sometimes I'd fall asleep. 20 minutes after falling asleep, I'd wake up and I'd be deep in it. And I couldn't get out quickly. Just, like, very similar to when I was a little kid. Wow. But I, I, didn't have a, I didn't have a fever or anything. Yeah, wow, wow. Um... <clears throat> Okay, so then, oh no, uh, I, missed a, I missed a chapter. It, when I was around like 13, or no, I think I was 12, and I probably weighed like 70 fucking pounds. And my older brother had the brilliant idea of getting me high on marijuana. Yeah. Um, and so I smoked marijuana, and I remember my, my brother's um, friend was like, Oh, uh, the first time you smoke, you never get high at all. Like, <laughs> was this that won't really Matt, work. Was that Matt Billig? No, <laughs> Benji Orr. Benji Orr. Okay. And so I uh, got high and boom, it fucking just hit me so hard. And it was different, but it just felt familiar in the sense that it was like I would I got thrown into this altered state where time and me and the world and reality was like weird and different and not normal and so it felt familiar to this delirium thing and I just remember being like oh this whole fucking drug altered state thing doesn't work well for me I get thrown into a deeper darker place and since then you I've heard plenty of people have really strong negative reactions to weed, so it's not so uh, unusual. But yeah. it gave it gave me this like um, attitude toward psychedelics in particular that I'm like, I don't want to play with that shit because that fucking opens up a realm that is fucking not good for me. I, I remember that um, about I remember that about you. You were very very adverse to this, as am I. But for, we both had very different reasons. And I thought, that, I just, I recall that being very, very clear, right? Like yep. when we would be in grad school, because there was some really weird parties we'd go to where the professors had bongs and were, you know, smoking weed. It's like San Francisco, right? And, totally. And I just, yeah. I, I'd always be worried there'd be something that would be spiked or something. And oh. That was kind of like one of my biggest fears in life is that I would take some sort of psychedelic without knowing it. Yeah, yeah, that, that's, I, I think that's a very common fear once you, once you know about this altered state and it is scary. But yep. okay, as then, I, I, I think you and I had a similar stance about weed at this time. 
Yeah. So, okay, so the next chapter uh, is the one you're familiar with, which is uh, Enter Dave Stuckey. Um, so Porn and I went to grad school in San Francisco, California Institute of Integral Studies, and we made a friend there whose name was Dave Stuckey, who was like a connoisseur of psychedelics. And he did his uh, uh, doctoral dissertation on um, ayahuasca and like the brain activity in ayahuasca. And he just really, really was fascinated by, had used tons of psychedelics, was really um, sort of scientific in his use of psychedelics, really trying to understand them all and what different uh, mind spaces people went into. So naturally, he was very interested in this whole story I'm telling. I told it to him and he was very interested and he always really wanted to like engage me in this and explore it with me. And he could tell that I was scared and he always wanted to try to find some way in. And he was always talking to encourage me to do this. And I was always like, no, 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 no. And then one day, um, well, there was, he, he said, oh, Dave, I think I know a perfect thing for you. He's like, there's this drug, Salvia Divinorum, that it's a really intense psychedelic, but it only lasts like 10 minutes. And uh, so it seems like that's a relatively safe way for you to like dip your toe into the psychedelic world without having to commit to a eight-hour journey that you would on LSD or ayahuasca or whatever. Did he tell you that it was specifically a disassociative as opposed to no. all the other drugs? Like, this is particularly identical to this thing you're afraid of. He obviously, no, I, he definitely knew that. Yeah, he probably did. But he, he just was more fixated on... The time, which is kind of weird because when you go into those states, the time like, like doesn't fucking exist anymore, you know? No, it doesn't. Um, and then, and actually what he said was, he was like, he's like, so let's plan a, a day, an evening where we come over, we'll do salvia. It'll just be like a 10 minute dip your toe into the water and then we can recover and we can process it. And he's like, and then I got another one. I think it was like, I don't know if it was toad or DMT or some other thing. And he's like, he, and that'll last like three, 90 minutes. He had three different forms of DMT. Oh, okay. So he, he kind of had this stepwise plan. And for whatever, because, you know, he, he's a, I really liked him and he's really a trustworthy, knowledgeable guy. And I was like, okay. And I, I've, I always wanted to try to like exposure therapy my way through this fear I had. Sure. So he, so he came over and then I, I don't know if we called you up or you, it, I just sort of feel like you randomly showed up and decided to participate in this thing. Um, I don't know how, I forget, maybe you remember how that worked, but he showed up and you showed up and we are like, all right, let's smoke this salvia. And, uh, and he even was like, he like had some batch that made, I think, I think what you do is, um, my headphones are screwing with me. Can you still hear me? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. At, at some point, maybe my headphones will get screwed up and we'll just have to edit it out. Um, the batch that he had maybe he made it. There's something you do with the plant to make the thing. And he had done it himself or his friend had done it or something. And he'd smoked it a few times before that. So he like knew this batch really well and had done it and it had been great. Uh, and after we, after the three of us did it, he also did it again and it was great. But the three of us did it. And instead of it being a 10 minute thing, it was like a three hour fucking journey into the deepest depths of fucking God only knows where. Um, and I smoked it 
And I, you know, I don't remember how it's, it, it hit. It hit pretty quickly. I don't remember how many seconds or minutes after I smoked it, but it was just like, bam! And it just was like so powerful. And I ceased to exist. The universe ceased to exist. God only knows where I went, or it, it, it was like I didn't even exist. So to say where I went doesn't even make sense. But it was so powerful, and. This 10-minute drug lasted three hours for all three of us. Yeah, yeah. That, 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 well, so I, I recall because Stucky was like, Stucky didn't even do it. He was just like, okay, Porn, you go first, and then Dave will see that you're okay. It was like he had this kind of plan of therapeutic progress. And it, it turns out later I have, I have quite a fucking story about him and and him becoming a well-known expert in this field but so so we were actually in the best hands possible in the world on this subject but um he gave it to me and i i smoked it as he instructs you how to do it exactly and um i just i recall exhaling and, and experiencing my skin turning into almost like an eggshell. And I was like, oh, how strange. And then whoop, I was no longer in the room. I was out in a, in a vast, strange area. And I could see my hands were some indigenous person. I was no longer even me. And then very quickly it was like, and I came back into the room. And right then I saw you inhaling and I remember being like no <laughs> that because I, I knew you were gonna go far far away and I and I just like like I was a little bit of afraid of of how like he said oh no it's just this tiny thing and I just literally came back from an indigenous like out of body whatever experience Right. Yeah. But so then, yes, we we put blankets on top of you. We had to like, like you didn't return for a very long time. And then. Well, but Dave, but Dave did it, too. And he went over into the bathroom and I, he like went into the bathroom for some reason. I remember thinking it took him forever to get to the bathroom. And then he stayed in the bathroom for a long time. But he said that he went on to some journey to like some distant galaxy or something. Oh, I didn't. I didn't know that he did. I, I just remember you, with with because we put a blanket on you, and I remember you just kind of like huddled and kind of bracing for impact, like in a very yeah, yeah. like like what what it looks like when you see people do this in in a more indigenous ceremony. Yeah, yeah. Like that's yeah no Dave, no Dave did it and all three of us were fucking like tripping balls for like two or three hours because then Radhika came home like two hours later and we were all still tripping balls and she was all scared because she didn't know what the hell was going on and she was like I'm getting the fuck out of here because oh. it just was like terrifying for her <laughs> and that that's what the, what's the the kind of the point of this part of the story was that. This drug and this specific batch that Dave Stuckey smoked before and after, and it only made him trip for 10 minutes. The th when the three of us did it, we all tripped for like two or three hours. 
which didn't make any sense biochemically. And later Dave told me, he was like, dude, I think that like you have some psychedelic space in you and you opened that up when we smoked it and you kind of sucked me and porn into that psychedelic space. Whoa. And, and in a nice way, he didn't, I, the, the way I'm about to say it kind of as a joke sounds kind of rude, but he said it in a really nice way, but he was like, Dave, I'm not gonna fucking ever do psychedelics with you again. <laughs> because he had this theory that there was some space in me that would open up when I, because of my whole life experience or whatever, that just like opens up into deep, difficult things. And that it opens up and then I fall in there. But because we all did the same thing, you and he fell in there too. Wow. That's so strange. I, I totally don't recall that part. I, I, I recall being ultimately with you in this concerned state, but mm -hmm. it was so strange because I was, I, it was almost like what I did to it is I put it onto you. Oh, right. Like I was, I was back from my like full disassociation and yeah, the, yeah. I knew I was back in the room with you, but yeah. like, I don't recall that happening because I, I don't think we processed it once. Like after that, Dave Stuckey had the four vials of, of DMT toad extraction from wherever in the Amazon. And yep. we all were like, no one's ever touching that. Totally. No, no one's touching that. It's so fascinating because there's an infinite amount of, of talk about this particular substance of salvia because it is still legal it was legal then it's still legal now it's and it's it's a very strange thing but it's it's like so powerful in its in its hallucinogenic properties but specifically a disassociative that's why most people never do it twice oh really yeah it is not a drug that people are like oh yeah this is awesome let's do this every friday it, it, and because something about the dissociative thing freaks people out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. A disassociative is normally not pleasant, but some sometimes it is. Like in the case of ketamine, is it is also a disassociative, but ketamine has a a very different, obvious, um, neurological properties. Um, but I think maybe now is when I should tell you about. Um, yeah about Dave Stuckey because 11 years ago he was on the doctor's TV show where Oh that's right. He literally put a squid on this other so there's like four doctors and then there's the whole audience, right? And he puts an EEG squid on onto a doctor's head and then they they literally have the guy smoke this exactly what we did on TV on live TV and um, then they have the guy stand up and walk over first as he smokes the, he did not get very disassociated at all. They obviously gave him like the babyest dose and they, they obviously Dave learned from this experience to take someone who responds mildly to this because right. the guy, the guy then sits there and he's just like, la la la, i uh, oh, my hands feel strange. My hands, but here's the part that's really fascinating. 
as they introduced Dave Stuckey as this world-renowned psychedelic researcher, which he obviously was at this point, right? He had, yeah. he had published some, some of this groundbreaking research on the brainwave patterns. And so he, yep. shows, he shows this guy's normal brainwave pattern, and then right next to it, his live salvia one. And he point and he, yeah. and, he, and Dave is like, look, see this this is like a signature salvia brainwave pattern. He sh huh. he shows it right there on on the show. I think w if it's not a, a a copyright infringement, we should superimpose that right here in the video. Yeah, yeah. Because it's quite it it's quite fascinating to see Dave Stuckey again and then to see him in his lab coat <laughs> on stage with these other doctors and they're asking him like what is happening to this man uh, so i just needed to add that to the equation wow who, of who yeah, it was fast it was fascinating how he um loved eegs and studying brain waves and then used that skill of his to try to like understand the psychedelic journey well yeah so so this is 11 years ago, they were already talking about the use of such anth antheogens, I think they're called antheogens, or, or yeah. various substances as it has impacts that mimic or influence brain pathologies like Alzheimer's yep. and various other yep. things, right? Yep. Which it, this obviously goes right back to the discussion of where Dave Stuckey says, oh, you have an interesting thing that goes on. Like, let's, let's in a laboratory of your living room, take a look at it. And then he, he was like, oh, uh-oh. <laughs> this particular one is a, is, a, is a viper I don't want to handle. Right. What did you think of that, though? And now, now that this is 20 years later, what's your relationship to this unknown, otherwise, like, like the state of consciousness? Right. I, I, I'm sort of embarrassed or disappointed to say that my relationship is exactly the same as it's always been. I feel like there's this realm and it's fucking terrifying. And I, I'm terrified of it. I don't want to go there, but I sort of feel like that's immature. So I sort of feel like I should go there and conquer it or like the maturity would be to go and figure it out or integrate it or something. But I, it's almost like I've just resigned to the fact that it's, it's too big for me. Well, like I'm not, up, I'm not up to the challenge. Well, is that okay? Yeah, I guess I've more resigned to the fact that that's okay. And also, since Dave Stuckey was like, I'm not doing psychedelics with you anymore, I was kind of like, oh, it's too big for him, too. And if it's too big for him, it's definitely too big for me. Well, we, I think it's, it's common knowledge, and if it isn't, it should be, that some people should not try to go in and conquer this, as it is sometimes too powerful and... And we and look in the same way that we don't truly understand the the effects of of let, let's say Prozac or or various other um, pharmacological interventions, we certainly do not understand the impacts of these psychedelics and who in 
who should use them, who shouldn't. It's almost like, like if remember when we jumped off the bridge recently and it was really horrifying, right? And then you like you do that, but it's like such a controlled terror that I know you and I could, with significant practice, double the height of that or even triple it over mm-hmm. over several years, <clears throat> right? Yep. But in this case, as you point out, you, there's like a threshold and then it's like jumping off that bridge of like 50 feet higher would be, yeah. and I'm, I'm making a metaphor, right? Like, like, well, the, there is a real fear of, well, you'll never be the same, right? Right. And, and, and I know a lot of, like, if there were more research about this, then we would know that, oh, well, you have to have a certain gene and there's a certain window of time when that, that gene gets turned on. Do you know about this, this, this kind of idea of if you are bipolar or schizophrenic and then you get exposed to this, a very, very strong psychedelic, it can, it can activate your first psychotic experience, right? Yeah, I've heard about that. You're yeah. familiar with that one. Well, yep. in the world of, of shamanic tradition and white people trying to be shamans, I'm quite aware of people in their adult age fucking getting super odd and starting to lose touch with reality as they try to become um, Dave Stuckey, right? Like yep. they try to become psychonauts and and like do you think it's so do you think it's okay if you just decide like ah oh, you know I, I'm not gonna explore that like like I don't think I'm gonna explore being gay <laughs> it's it's a good comparison actually I'm serious because yeah like we, we could have the exact same theory that human sexuality is this super diverse world and that we should explore it all but yeah right i'm not gonna explore being gay either i'm <laughs> sure sure well that that strange uh realm that you that you described of and its organic properties it, it, it like showed up for you in an organic sense it you first encounter it as a as a young kid and i'm i'm just trying to figure out like how do you see it today what is what do you what do you make of this fact that human beings have a a part of their psyche that that is an infinite chasm of 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 paradoxical um, expansion and and like minuscule um, whatever that would turn you into basically dracula like the ripper of souls like right why what do you think of that uh, right that's kind of the the whole this that's kind of the bigger question i guess i'm bringing up is human consciousness um what we when we think of conscious we just think of our normal daily ego consciousness where we like go and 
try to decide whether or not we want a cappuccino or a latte, you know, at Starbucks, and we're just in that state of consciousness. But then when you do psychedelics or when you uh, meditate and go a little psycho or when you get delirious and you go psycho, you realize that consciousness actually, like, is, like, potentially so infinitely complex and it can be such a wide range of things that it just opens up this question of, like, what the fuck is consciousness and what am I? And my normal consciousness that I'm in most of the time, like, should I be trying to, like, explore and expand and experiment with that? Because there's all these other realms or all these other states of who I am that are there that I need to explore. It's just kind of, it's kind of a, a, a shocking, huge question that is overwhelming. That is interesting. But so... It, it, there's also a whole bunch of things that one could do with their time. Like, like you could practice really hard to become like a photorealist painter. And you could spend yep. the rest of your life from now on and just that's what you could do. Or you could spend your days attempting to become the greatest freediver of all time. And Totally. And try to try to see like if you can hold your breath for 27 minutes or whatever the stupid current record yeah. is like yeah like that that like but those are like extreme feats of of like external physical um attainment i was gonna say that's not even the right word but it, it's something extreme on the outside but what what you the story that you tell is this super strange thing, and and I I can't understand why no one ever ever speaks about its organic it, it its organic arrival. But this also helps me un, also understand how no one ever talks about the organic arrival of a bipolar episode. Hmm. Like I have never really heard anyone sit there and relay a hundred stories of how does the how does your consciousness go from la 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 i'm trying to like ride my bike to work and then all of a sudden it's like and then next thing you know you are on the on the street corner fucking with 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 some kind of thugs trying to trying to buy crack from them like how does that occur yeah, it's it's fascinating. And then what I learned during my pre-doctoral internship year, I worked in all these places and a variety of different settings, one of which was San Francisco General Hospital Psychiatric Emergency Room, and I saw I worked with so many psychotic people. And what I discovered is like that term psychotic is so um inadequate cuz the like let's say I worked with 50 different psychotic people not they it wasn't 50 different worlds they were in some of them were in the same world but there was a lot of different worlds that these people were in yeah if i worked with 50 people i probably got to know 40 different worlds and that was just in the like one year i was doing this so think of all the different universes that different quote psychotic people are in and so it's, it's just it starts to be fascinating like wow there's all these different realms of consciousness hey and did sorry sorry did that scare you to be 
in close contact with fully activated why um a, a little bit uh, it, it was partially reassuring you were, it, so in, were you in, in some, some some were you ever like oh okay i see what's going on but i'm the true dark lord <laughs> did it ever dawn on you that that like hey you guys you guys are all obtained some level of thing but like dude i own the fucking end of the road episode well no i i think because some of the worlds that i saw these people in were just as fucking gnarly as my world um and some of them were like i remember this one guy in particular his world was way more a distant alien galaxy it was like way more distant alien galaxy than i could ever possibly think of like he was much farther away in a galaxy than I had ever seen before. And then there was some, there was this one guy I'm thinking in particular, his was more violently dark. Mm. And I, I was like, ooh, his maybe is worse than mine. It was like really violent and hate-filled and evil-filled, that guy's. But, he, but um, you had already consumed the souls of people at 12 years old and had to tell them you loved them. Yeah, mine was pr mine. Uh, mine's no joke. Mine's fucking pretty gnarly and pretty dark. But there's other ones out there that uh, are on par. Um, but yeah, I think it was reassuring because it's like I'm getting to kind of get familiar and know and map out or understand without me having to be in it. Yeah. So it's. It's like, it's looking at it from behind glass. It's like if you're scared of a cobra, but then you go to the zoo and you see a cobra behind the glass. It's kind of like that. Yeah, yeah. I, like, that might be a very okay type of exposure therapy for you, as opposed yeah. to let's immerse you into, or let's have a cobra bite you, and then, w right. but don't worry, we have the antivenom right here. Yeah, right, totally. Like, I, I don't know if that's even a good fucking idea. No. Right? It, you know, it, 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 I mean, I'm glad I did that Salvia thing, but I would not, I would not do it again. <laughs> as many report. Yeah. As, uh, unbelievably, quite a few people have that reaction to this. Which, yeah, I, I have no interest in that kind of a, of a forced into altered, altered state and but but once again i suppose at some point i remember there was a time because dave stuckey's chair of his dissertation was also the chair of my dissertation frank Eckenhoff, yeah that's right frank right yep. so so frank is the well he he kind of runs the ayahuasca conference in keto per, i don't know i i don't know <clears throat> where it is actually but he's been running it for 30 years or something like that and at one time i went to him and i said hey do you think i you do you think i should do ayahuasca and he he, he thought for a second and he was like nope absolutely not and i was yeah. like i was like i didn't even inquire why I just thought to myself, well, thank God. Like, I just got a free pass on that one. Yeah. It, like, there's the guy who is, like, ultimately in support of this. 
but he knew me from my dissertation work and he knew what the hell I was up to and my my own journey of consciousness trying to figure out like what is what are these so-called gurus at the highest level what have they actually attained and I'm like oh crash at what yeah. what I found was like like a massive disillusionment and for whatever reason it was almost like I f- when he said no I was like oh well maybe my maybe my reality has enough psychedelic infused things in my normal life right like do you think that's possible do you think totally absolutely yep do you think some people's normal lives are just straight psychedelic by nature yes that i sort of feel like mine is like that because i have sometimes when i'm sitting in sessions with patients i'll start to have weird altered state shit happen to me oh yeah yeah, I think I, like sometimes it's pretty fucking intense and I'm like, fuck, I hope I don't like pass out or fucking wig out or something. Yeah, definitely. I think that um, God, who is the psychologist that talked about that the most? Do you recall that just mm-hmm. like I, I think I kind of know who you're talking about, but I don't remember the name. There was this guy, Jendlin, that talked about the felt sense. Right. Yeah. And it was almost but he didn't really talk about how this might have even just been one of one of our key professors who would talk about the the experience of being with someone in an altered state and then how you would naturally react to that based on uh-huh. based on their micro expressions of their face oh yeah yeah you're, yeah you like you see them in that state and your your face starts to mimic it and then your emotions start to catch up with it yeah, yeah. and so then you are in it with them yeah, yeah, which is interestingly similar to Dave Stuckey telling me that I sucked him into my fucked up realm. <laughs> yes, totally. And so, so in psychotherapy, you certainly do join in with your depressed patient and you do join yep. in with the anxiety of, of your, your patients. And then, yep. but it's, it's strange. It's, it's almost like there is, there is a glass... It's yeah. not that your patients are animals in a zoo, but <laughs> but yes, there there is some distinction, man. Yeah, totally. What a great what a great episode. It just in the end, it just left me with a thousand questions. I know that's the only problem is it just opens up all these realms and all these questions and and not many answers. Well, all right, that was awesome. Um, All right, dude. Well, welcome back from Italy. Thanks. Yeah, it was fucking fabulous. Awesome. Okay, man. Till next time. All right, dude. Catch you later.